Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It's a podcast that I record throughout the week and then I put it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I've got a great one for you this week. I've got an interview coming up with a couple of guys from the east side of the state who are bringing a festival to Asheville, North Carolina, and the festival's coming right up. So go ahead and get your calendars out right now and mark it down October 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. There will be a a Bubbles and Brats festival happening out in Candler, North Carolina. So plenty of parking. Pretty much for the locals only. I mean, everybody's welcome, of course, but I know that the locals like to get together just us sometimes. And this is a anything that's happening in Candler, pretty much going to be a locals only type of thing. And these, I I interview these two guys, great guys. Sounds like it's going to be a fun event. I'll be there. I hope you can be there too. That is Saturday, October 28th from two to five. Look it up online, Bubbles and Brats. And we'll talk a lot more about it in the interview coming up. I just wanted to get that bug in your ear right now. Uh, Now, before we get to all of that, I just want to talk to you about, I took myself on a little one-person food tour of downtown the other day. I just found myself wandering around downtown on a Friday afternoon, and I decided to take myself on a small bite food tour of downtown. Now, small is a relative term when there's only one of you, and if I had had another person to share these things with, it truly would have been small bites, but... Uh, The first place I came upon after I made this decision to do that is called Yum Sushi and Poke. Uh, Sushi burritos for some reason and poke. I think a sushi burrito is like a giant piece of, I I don't know. Go find out for yourself what a sushi burrito is. I know they have bowls and poke and stuff like that, but I didn't get any of that because that stuff's pretty big. I wanted just a small bite. So I got something called shrimp shumei. And that's S-H-U-M-A-I. And they are basically deep fried dumplings. Uh, They're not like a dumpling with dough around them. They're a dumpling of dough with shrimp in the mix. They actually look like little deep fried scallops uh, and they taste delicious. They're light and soft and slightly crispy on the outside from the deep frying process. And uh, I just enjoyed the crap out of them and i ate them with some chopsticks taught myself how to do that a long time ago so i like to bust them out whenever i can and they come with a a, like a half and half sauce it's in a little plastic ramekin and half of it is orange and is sort of a um, sriracha aioli if you will and the other half is a what do they call it they call it uh unagi sauce so an unagi sauce that's kind of brown. So it had kind of a Halloweeny look to it. So I appreciated that and came with two, four, six, eight, nine pieces. And they were delish. I ate the crap out of this stuff and loved it. So first stop of my Asian themed, or it ended up being an Asian themed food tour, by the way. So my first stop was Yum Sushi Burritos and Poke on Ashland Avenue, right across the street from the bus stop. I recommend this dish very much. And it's an early contender for my deep fried thing of the year award. 
and it might not be fancy. It might not be crazy, but it sure did hit the spot and was super delicious. So the next stop on my little uh, one-person multi-Asian restaurant food tour was High Climate Tea. Um, now, that's located on South Lexington Avenue, just in between La Bodega by Curate and The Rue by John Fleer. And it's a tea room, a Chinese-style tea room. It has a lovely, lovely interior. And I hadn't been in high climate in a long time, so I decided to stop in. I know they have small bites. I don't usually drink hot tea, so I got myself a Chinese milk tea, which is a cold beverage, very creamy. It's basically like an uh, iced coffee, but made out of tea. And then I got a tea egg, a Chinese tea egg. And this is just a hard-boiled egg. They boil it in, you guessed it, tea. And it comes with a little bit of pickled ginger and some, uh, what do you call that, seaweed, nori, N-O-R-I, nori. And uh, it was great. You feed me boiled eggs all day and I'd be happy. Uh, my friend Jonathan Ammons wrote on my, uh, he, he quoted Danny DeVito on my Instagram post. And he said, may I offer you an egg in these trying times? And yes, Jonathan, please offer me eggs in these trying times. I need them more than ever. And I also got a bowl of spicy pistachios that were basically exactly that. They were spicy pistachios in the shell. You crack them open, you eat them. It's uh, snack time. And Awesome food, great atmosphere, great service. I, I really enjoyed myself at High Climate Tea on South Lexington Ave. Get on in. And then for my third stop, my third and final stop on my one-person, three-restaurant, uh, Asian-themed food tour was red ginger dim sum and tapas. And I love red ginger. I don't get in as often as I want to, partly because... I don't know, burgers and deep fried chicken are calling me at all times. But also, it's often quite busy when I walk past and I'm like, mm, uh, I'll go find someplace a little quieter. And good for them that they're busy. I'm really happy that Red Ginger has found its audience and is really doing pretty good from what I can tell. But yeah, there was no line, no waiting, plenty of tables. I went in, I got seated right away, and I decided to get outside my usual uh, comfort zone, if you will. And I ordered something called the Tropical Ocean Nest. And I'm really glad I got it because it was delicious. And it had sashimi, tuna, and salmon. So both. It and it had some cooked imitation crab. It was like a pile of food. So let me start with the bottom. On the bottom were some fresh cucumbers. And then on top of that, it's cut the long way. And then on top of that were some big pieces of fresh um, mango, and it was it was uh it was very fresh and soft and ripe i got distracted sorry for a second there and um so cucumber mango and then the sashimi first the salmon then the tuna sashimi and then on top of that was some imitation crab and that was cooked and then on top of that was some crunchy leeks and then poured over the whole thing was what they call the chef's savory pepper sauce and it was great oh my god it was all so good i mean people you probably heard the words imitation crab and you kind of like wrinkled your nose but it just adds a sweet uh cooked element to this otherwise and there were other sweet parts like the mango but it was just 
it it was a perfect touch. I was really glad that the imitation crab was there. And of course, the crispy leeks were just fantastic. And the pepper sauce, I really wanted to tip the bowl into my mouth at the end of it and just drink the pepper sauce off of the plate. But if I, it, it, the rules of society prohibited me from doing that, please don't drink off of your plates in restaurants. It's unseemly, in my opinion, even though I'm the person who wants to do it. Uh, but so, yeah, it was a lot of food. And by then I was stuffed and it was super delish. And I recommend it very much. Red ginger dim sum and tapas right there on Patton Ave in the middle of downtown. And that was the end of my tour, even though I really uh, wanted to add sweets and seats as my dessert stop, because it's also owned by an Asian person. And I decided, and I walked across the street, and I was really, really full. So I didn't even need dessert, but I was like, I'm going to do it. And I went across the street and talk about packed. Wow. It was like every seat was occupied. There was a huge line that reached right to the front door. It didn't go out the door just yet, but uh, I opened that door and I said, these guys are doing great without my business today. And I'm really full, so I'm just going to head on home and I will eat an Oreo when I get home. And I use the brand name Oreo, but I buy these weird organic Oreo things that are super delicious, but they ain't made by Oreo or Nabisco or whatever. They are, they're called Nature, I think, Nature brand. I get them at the French Broad Food Co-op, which I also recommend very much. So take yourself on a little three restaurant food tour. If you can, bring a friend and you'll get more food in you, but... I tell people, try not to load up at one restaurant while you're in downtown Asheville. There's a lot to experience, and you can experience a lot more of it if you only eat small bites at the restaurants. And if you're a local, you can go back again and again and again and get small bites over and over. So I recommend red ginger, uh, high climate tea, and yum, sushi burrito and poke all right downtown. I also re recommend... Sweets and Seats, because it's also very delicious. All right, folks, let's get to this interview. I don't know why I said it like that. Let's get to this interview. Hey, everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with a couple of real special guests this week. And I know I say that about my guests every week, but they are special, each and every one of us is special and so are my two guests i have two fellow food podcasters with me i don't get a lot of chance to talk to my compatriots in the uh food podcasting world these guys are a big deal though whereas i'm lucky to get three listeners a week these guys get thousands of listens with their north carolina food and beverage podcast it's it's called what it is i love that a simple name uh <laughs> and i have the two hosts max trujillo and matt weiss Hey guys, how are you today? What's up, Stu? Doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah, now, thanks for having us on here. Sure thing. I'm so happy that you reached out to me. And we've got something specific to talk about, but let's do an overview of what your podcast is all about and who you are, where you are, and where you come from. So first of all, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell me where are you guys based out of? Yeah, we're based out of Raleigh. And... Um, we have a studio right on Hargett Street uh, where Hargett and Fayetteville meet. So we're right down from the Capitol building and where all the all the good political stuff happens. 
Nice, nice. Well, can you put in the good word for Asheville up there? Sometimes we feel like they don't like us too much up there. Yep. We always <laughs> no, do. You're right. You're right. That's how they feel. That yeah. sucks. So. Max, telling the truth. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love Max. It's true. They've always disliked us. I don't know why. We're so lovable. Um, Renegade bohemians out there. That's right. Long haired hippies. Um, (laughs) So, so Max, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got started with your podcast? I mean, first of all, how did you and Matt meet? Yeah, well, that's actually all kind of connected with the podcast because, uh, in short, even though we do the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast, Ma- neither Matthew or I are from North Carolina. Uh, in in simple and in short, I'm like the West Coast bro, and that's the sophisticated Upper East Side uh, New Yorker. And we both worked together in Los Angeles. Um, I'm actually from Northern California, but lived in L.A. for 15 years. And during that time, Matt had also moved out to Los Angeles uh, for somewhat similar reasons, like entertainment reasons. We wanted to be big stars, both either in acting and or music, um, something to, to do there, maybe direct a movie or something. Uh, but during that time, Matt, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, I did a lot of stage acting at the time. Matt did some stage acting. Um, I'm, I am a musician, and I got really cocky at 20 years old, as that's the perfect time to be that way, because I had yet to uh, not get the audition of every role that I had tried out for. So I felt like, hey, maybe I've got something here. And all my buddies and family and all that said, yeah, I'd like you should just follow your dreams. And so I moved to Los Angeles and was in bands and in the in the summer of 1998, I was probably in like 40 different productions of like television and film um, as an extra. Not like I really was, you know, a major part in there. But you can see me in all the like ridiculous shows like Beverly Hills, 90210, Melrose Place, and She's All That, Man on the Moon, all that Bowfinger. Um, but anyhow, nice. uh, <laughs> during that great. time, what a great resume uh, already! I love it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I was running, uh, well, no, I, I was a bar manager or a bartender at a really great restaurant in the Marina. I was promoted to being the bar manager and the first order of operations was to hire my replacement, like the, the position that I was moving from. So I needed to hire a bartender and Matt was one of many people that I interviewed and I just gelled with him. I didn't know him from anybody other than the interview. And, uh, he was the guy I hired. And then swiftly after I hired him, I just said to him, I confided in him, Hey man, I've been lying this whole time. No, I don't know anything about wine. Uh, but I, I, I'm a really good liar and I, I lie a good game. So do you want to help me with this? And, um, that's pretty much what our relationship has been like for the last 15 years. Um, Matt is yep. much more of the uh, intellect when it comes to the wine side. Uh, I did, as the years went on, become a sommelier and learn. And I do know something about the uh, the beverage industry professionally. And I was a wine rep for seven years, uh, which is what Matt is currently and has been doing that and selling some of the best wine all over the world. But um, we, you know, Matt moved back to New York. I found myself with a wife and two children and did not want to raise the kids in Los Angeles and North Carolina sounded like a really great place to live. Raleigh had some great opportunities for me. And so I was, I moved out there, a company moved me out there to be the general manager of a, of a local restaurant. And uh, three years later, after creating a nice network of knowing chefs and distillers and brewers in the area and telling Matt all about it, Matt's wife was pregnant and he decided, I don't want to raise my children here in, in Manhattan either. So maybe I'll come down and live in, in uh, 
in the Raleigh area with you. So he's in Holly Springs, which is just like a little sub, you know, um, uh, what do I try to say? Uh, suburb yeah, of suburb. Raleigh. And um, being that I have this musical background, I understand, I stood like the nuts and bolts of like how to actually do a podcast. And, you know, even now today, like uh, anyone can do a podcast. But back then, I think you kind of had to understand what a compressor was and how to digitally transfer, you know, audio files into digital format and get all that stuff done. Now it's like, anybody can do it but um there's living there was a, right here that anybody can do it i do it <laughs> i do it every week so right. you got, i just want to back up a little bit just to just to point out to everybody that your relationship as far as you told me started based on lies oh yeah absolutely. okay i love that and that mm -hmm. along the way you've become a sommeliers and that's a that's a big deal to go from like hey i lied about my resume here to now i'm a sommelier so kudos on that and um and so <laughs> you guys both end up down here in north carolina you're in the raleigh area which has a fantastic food scene you're both all schooled yep. up on wine at this point so i'm imagining you get into the food scene in raleigh correct yeah i think we were always, you know, when you're in the wine scene, food goes hand in hand, right? So we were all, always in the in the food world. And then Max went more, I would say, onto like the managing of restaurants and general managing part of it, um, being, yeah. being more, you know, so understanding the food. And uh, he hasn't after two uh, finger slicing incidents, but uh, he likes to get back in the kitchen sometimes and uh, make some <laughs> stuff. He considers himself a pretty pretty badass home cook and um i just like the taste of food and to pair and to see the ever uh the never-ending search for finding the best harmonious umami food and wine pairing i agree brother we we the three of us have something in common we love food um yeah i, I listened to a couple of your podcasts they were great you interviewed one of my favorite chefs here in Asheville, marijuana ronnie recently oh, yeah. great interview and so yeah you've, you've got the skills to podcast you're in the food industry you know what you're talking about uh and now you're you're podcasting to the world but in addition to that you and people should definitely check out your podcast which is north carolina food and beverage podcast you can just google those words and it'll come right up and um but then you also got interested in hosting events and that's what i i really want to talk to you about because you've got an event coming up here in Asheville, and it's coming up real soon and so yeah. we need to get the word out about this thing um and it's called bubbles and brats and it's an october fest fest type of a, a dealio and you guys have done something similar in the past and had great success with it. So Max, why don't you tell me um, about the ones you've done in the past and then Matt, tell us, like lead us into what you're gonna do here in Asheville. By the way, thank you, Stu, for guiding us. Like I love when podcast or interviewers, when they're interviewing two people, give each of us roadmaps rather than us going uh, 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 and stuttering in between us. So uh, without trying to do that, um, you're a pro and yeah, so Traffic we, directing. Thank yeah, you. When, when being that we're a food and beverage podcast, it kind of is meta in the sense that we also like to do food and beverage events and run restaurants and all that. So that's just a byproduct of a, our experience and our wisdom in this in industry is that we do these things. And so this is us doing this in 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 the fact of understanding this business. And 
one of the events we ran uh, did just kind of come up in in topic while interviewing a barbecue chef, uh, James Sampson of the Corner Boys out here in Raleigh. Uh, we were talking about pairings and getting back to the fact that Matt and I have this sommelier background. Of course, sweet tea or beer is like what's most typical to pair with barbecue or even brisket, let's say, for instance. But we were all laughing. We said, look, everything all being equal, finances, if money wasn't a factor or sourcing wasn't a factor, let's be honest, the best thing to drink with brisket would be champagne. Uh, it's got the great acidity. It's got, a, you know, like a dry, clean finish. The effervescence in the mouth kind of helps clean the palate while we're having this great salty, sweet, fatty, delicious, smoky meat. And we're like, man, it's like a brisket and, you know, bubbles. And we're like, oh, bubble, bubble, oh, bubbles and brisket. Man, someone should do a festival like that. And we had said it so many times that we finally said, all right. Let's just, how about we do it? And so three years ago, we did it for the first time. We did it in the parking lot of a local pizzeria. We had about 150, maybe 200 people there. It rained all day, yet everyone was, everyone stayed because it does show that it doesn't matter what the rain is, what the, what the weather's like, as long as there is champagne being poured, people will stay. And the second year, we elevated to a much bigger, fancier space, which is great because this event, let's be honest, is kind of bougie. When you're putting fancy wine and really elevated smoked meats together, you need like a nice place to do it in. So we did it at Smoky Hollow, which is right in the center of downtown Raleigh. It's a new space and it's it's beautiful. It's kind of like, um, you know, where they got apartments above and retail down below and, a, and like a little manufactured street in the middle. But it's it's beautiful. Uh, so that ended up having about 400 and some odd people in its in its uh, first year there, second year of doing it. And then we just recently did it here again in the same spot at Smoky Hollow and 600 plus people showed up. It was a wild, crazy time. And we just thought we got to keep doing this. Um, and because we claim to be the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast, we do need to stretch across and do these things beyond just the triangle area. And we love Asheville with a passion. So why not pick that spot? So Matt? Well, here's the thing, Stu. Um, the genesis of it is we basically do events that Max and I want to go to. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Totally. Right. So I, it's like, oh, I really would like to go to this event. So why don't we just create it? Um, and then part of our, I guess, mission as, as the podcast is to really highlight the chefs and the people that we love in the culinary game in the state. And there's no better place than to put them on the platform of a festival where we're claiming to have the best chefs there. Um, so, so that's what we did. And then, right, like Max said, I mean, the success this year, Bubbles and Brisket in Raleigh was wild. Um, so much hubbulu. What is that word? Hubble. No, I can't say it. Hubbulu. Hullabaloo. Okay. Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. <laughs> oh my hullabaloo. God. It took all three of us to say hullabaloo. The three podcasters. How many podcasters does it figure out yeah. to do a hashtag? Uh, so all the hullabaloo. And, um, and and then the other thing is, so yeah, we love Asheville. And also our our good buddy, who you probably, I'm sure you know, Ben Colvin, Thank who you. is uh, the unbelievable owner of Devil's Foot Beverage and a great connector for us to go out west uh, is always trying to get us out there and hey interview this guy and you know come to this or we'll come to you and so between him you know really really encouraging us to do that and then uh, to be quite frank and we couldn't do this without them but uh, I know it's like 
and maybe Asheville has a bad connotation, but Cisco, our food partner, after seeing the success of what we did at Bubbles and Brisket, they, they were our, our partner for the first year there. They were like, hey guys, when, you, when you're ready to do another one, you just let us know, because we're ready. And uh, my neighbor, his parents um, live on this beautiful 13 acre farm in, it's actually right side of right outside of Asheville, 12 minutes outside of downtown Asheville. And um, it turns out they're, they're getting older in life. And, um, and, and they, him and his brother said, well, uh, let's sell the property. And they're like, well, no, we don't want to sell the property. Um, let's turn it into a, an event venue. So his brother quit his day job and has basically flipped this whole part. And they're like, well, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to get into the event venue. So this literally, I mean, my I take my kid, his lives two houses down and he says to us, oh, uh, his hospitality is like, anytime you want to use my pool, just use it. So we're like literally in the pool in the mornings and he's like drinking his coffee and saying, hey guys, like my kids are screaming. But so this literally fell into our lap where they're like, we're turning this into an event venue. We don't know anything about food and beverage. We love it, but how can we do this? And so it was kismet. And we just said, all right, we're bringing our concept out West. And then October is a great time, obviously, as you know. So it made sense to do the Bratwurst and lean into the whole Oktoberfest scenario. I love it. And October is the best time of year up here in these mountains. I love hearing you guys call us out West. I feel like, you know, we should be wearing spurs. You're the Wild West to us. With Saeed. There we go. Um, so let's get down to some brass tacks. It's called Bubbles and Brats, as in Bratwurst. Mm-hmm. What is the date? It's October 28th, which is a Saturday coming up soon. Uh, whenever this comes out, it would probably be about like two weeks, three weeks uh, away. And uh, it's going to be from uh, one to, well, it's two to five. Uh, we have a VIP hour that starts at one o'clock. If you do a VIP ticket, which gets you in a little bit early, so you can get past uh, the lines and get straight up to all the food and drink. But um, I have a question for you in that regard because how many VIP tickets will be sold? And the reason I ask is because recently a friend of mine went to a a festival um, and he bought an expensive VIP ticket and he said they sold like two hundred VIP tickets. I still had to stand in line, and so yeah, now. We have uh, the first hundred people. Oh yeah. Well, I think we're going to go 50 just to say like, make it inclusive. And then, and then uh, it's just kind of also a a balance of it. I mean, if, if a thousand people show up, we might give them a a couple more VIP tickets, but we're probably looking at a couple hundred people being there. So if 50 is uh, the number, I think you're going to be good to go because we are going to have roughly 10 different food vendors. These are chefs from all over the state. We have James Beard nominated chefs like uh, Keith Rhodes out in Wilmington. We've got uh, Scott Frankeza of High Hampton, not too far from y'all down in Cashers. Mm-hmm. Um, Graham House is somebody that you may know, but you're going to know soon. Uh, Luminosa at the Flatiron Hotel is about to open, and this will be the first event that he's doing attached to that uh, new restaurant. 
but then we're also bringing people from all over uh, outside of the area, like Luke Owens of Native Fine Diner from Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, the aforementioned James Sampson we mentioned from Corner Boys that helped create this whole idea of Bubbles and Brisket. He'll be there with his team. Uh, we have Nick Damp of Damp Good Barbecue coming out of Cary. Uh, and then we also have a couple more local people that everybody loves, like uh, Jay Medford over at the Storm Rum Bar in Asheville and Chef Ben Hester of The Odd. And so uh, it's a great collection. Um, and Matt, like I know if you want to speak to the, the beverage side of it. Yeah. So on top of the great food, um, Southern Distilling, who um, we love their bourbons. It's a basically a grain of glass distillery in Statesville, North Carolina, is doing a cocktail. And they're also doing a special giveaway of an anniversary bourbon celebrating the Panthers um, NFC championship team from 2004. So that'll be at the event. Um, and then the bubbles. So we have Argyle Winery out of Willamette Valley in Oregon, uh, providing some beautiful of their vintage brute and brute rosé. And then Vintage 59 Imports is going to be pouring some um, Jean-Marc Salek, some Edmond Barneau and uh, Pierre Monquy champagne. So these are grower champagnes that are just the best of the best. And then keeping it a little bit with that local flair, we have Plebe Winery, um, and they're gonna they're they're gonna put some of their beautiful sparkling libations in, and uh, so we're gonna have a lot of great pairings. And I do want to say that, yeah, the VIP hour will be small. We, I think I think we clarified at seventy five, but we'll clarify that number for you. There's a limited amount, um, but also, I will say everything is inclusive. So it's once you get your ticket, you don't. It's we're not nickeling and diming you. You get go back as many times as you want, get samples, get a lot of mm -hmm. food. It's all in. It's all inclusive. Cool. Nobody's going to say to you, sir, you've had one too many brought. <laughs> no. Well, let's let's test that theory, Stu. Yeah, let's I wanna, uh, let's right, see I'll, if that'll be you. I'll, Bring your yeah, best eaters. I will. Um, well, that's a great lineup. Of course, it's always fun when there's a local festival that has visiting chefs as well as local chefs. Um, I love that mix, that combination, because here in Asheville, we're super proud of our chefs, and you named three of our best, Ben Hester at The Odd. Uh, I give out my dumb awards every year, and I've given all of these chefs awards over the years. Uh, oh, House, cool. Grant, yeah, Graham House is awesome, and I'm so happy that he's going <laughs> to land at a restaurant right downtown, because he's always worked downtown at various restaurants and i i love it when he's downtown working for us so this is going to be a great festival uh brats i i'm gonna guess is not like uh like hardcore they're gonna be other sausages involved it's, not it's a sausage fest it's a sausage party we say kiddingly but um uh, literally the email that we sent out to our our chefs i just put um just bring us your best tubed meats and if we can put some meat in the tube, we're going to eat it, um, and it'll be great. Uh, oh, and also just for, like, the fun vibe and, and cool part of it, uh, out here in Raleigh, we have a really cool and badass rapper named Waka Flocka Flame. His DJ, DJ Nine, uh, is our musical uh, entertainment. He threw down at the last Bubbles and Brisket, and it was really really cool like it just sets the tone and so you're out listening to hip-hop in the middle of a gully and like you know leaves are changing and the smoke of the meats are happening bubbles are going like it's just going to feel and and taste excellent all day long oh and of course i couldn't forget that um 
New Belgium is providing the beer. Oh yeah, that tiny little so. boutique brewery right there in the heart of Asheville. Uh, no, big shout out. Uh, our good friend Jared's helping us out with this. Worked for them for a long time, and I just went there last weekend. What a facility! That place is tremendous and uh the, yeah they're, they're throwing down some great beer so for everybody especially if you're looking for tickets let's say you're a big wine person but your significant other or or friend isn't big into wine just know that there's going to be um uh, alcohol there's gonna be liquor drinks there's gonna be beer we may even throw some cider in there somewhere uh along with the wine so it's it's really bubbles for all anything with bubbles is appropriate to have with these sausages that you're bringing Perfect. to town. Um, yeah. So it sounds like a great event Saturday, October 28th, two to five. Um, the, um, where is the venue? Is it at devil's foot? No, it's at the, it's a place called the Oaks at Daniel's Ridge. Okay. And that's the story of the older couple. Who, okay. Yeah. Oaks at yep. Daniel's it, Ridge. So it's technically in Candler, uh, but I mean, it's, it's like right outside of town. Uh, but I mean, for those that are, are locals to Asheville, this will be a new experience for you as well, because they've never done anything uh, in, in the public format here. So we're excited to be a part of bringing a new area to have fun and have a great experience. And it's just tucked away. Um, yeah, I mean, for those like if you if you're interested in getting tickets, you can go to our website, which is ncfbpodcast.com. Or you could simply just Google search Bubbles and Brats. You'll find it. We even have, um, you can inquire with them, but we even partnered with the local Holiday Inn to get you great uh, rooms for the weekend. So look at it this way. Come to us, get a room, and then just stay for the, the leaves changing and have a great time in Asheville. It's a cool way to go in general, and we give you kind of like the, uh, the feeder for coming in for the weekend. Good way nice. to start. I love it. And yeah, I'm, I'm uh, predicting a few things. First of all, Candler is blowing up. I've been saying that for a while. It is just outside of Asheville. Rent is cheaper. There's buildings available. Uh, there's land to build on out there. And people, locals, who can no longer really afford to live right in Asheville are moving out to Candler. And those are the fun people who are interested in stuff like this. So Candler is a great choice for this venue. It's blowing up. And also... I have uh, recently been saying that festival organizers really do need to pay attention to climate change because it is getting so dang hot in the summer. I hear it from eaters all the time complaining mm -hmm. about, oh, we went to this festival. It was so hot. We were dying. We couldn't wait to leave. And so <laughs> I think you're wise to have it up here in October. And it might be a little chilly. I'm going to imagine people will be bundled up and have some fires going or whatever. We know how to stay warm here in the mountains. But uh, I'm excited. Well, and about it's going. It's holiday. It's a uh, it's Halloween weekend as well. I mean, Halloween is, I believe, on that Tuesday. But feel free to come dressed up. I mean, you know, it, it's going to be a fun time. And maybe just make sure your Halloween costume has a couple layers on it, so you don't freeze freeze yourself. There you go. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about why. And we've only got about five minutes left. But I sure. want the three of us to just talk about why we love to talk about food. I, mm -hmm. I'll get started just by saying in my family, it's kind of what we talk about a lot of the time. Like we, we have other interests in life, but when we get together, it's all like, what did you eat? And then describe it in detail. And when I first started writing about food, I, at 
at first I was just like, it was great. I loved it. Go try it. And people were like, describe it. And I was surprised that people wanted me to literally describe hamburgers to them. But it seems to be one of my skill sets. And so I'm happy to describe food and talk about it. And so uh, let's start with you, Matt. Why do you love to talk about food so much? Is it something you do in your family? Well, I come from a Jewish family. So, you know, the joke is that when we're sitting down to a meal, what we're talking about is where we're going for our next meal. So it, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always the uh, connection point for sure. And uh, I, I just think it, 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 it sounds cliche-ish, but it brings so many different cultures, people, likes and dislikes together and just it makes for great conversation or connection or discourse at the same time. You know, it's like, I was just having this discussion with somebody like, I don't understand people who don't like bananas, but some people don't like bananas, you know? And it's like, what it's about? And then the weirder thing about it, just to illustrate the point is some people who don't like bananas, but they like banana pudding and banana muffins. So it's like, what, what's that about? You know, is it texture thing? Is it people thing? But so especially like where we sit today and uh, I, I want to uplift the mood, not bring it down, but where we sit today, especially in this political climate, one thing that we can all have um, friendly discussion and conversation over is certainly food. Until somebody bring puts pineapple on a pizza and then all civility goes out. Oh, the is I, that oh, your I just point too? I'm a fan of what we used to call a Hawaiian pizza, which was pineapple Canadian bacon on a regular old pizza. I love it. I'll eat it all day. But you bring it up in polite company and it's no longer polite anymore. Wow. I ordered two pizzas over the weekend and uh, one was just a thin crust pepperoni with mushrooms and the other was a pineapple, like a Hawaiian. And my 13 year old daughter looked at me and said, what are you doing? And I said, what? And she's like, why would you? electively order a pineapple pizza i said because i like the change in flavor like the the sweet and like that's the salty i, go, I don't need to explain myself to you that's right <laughs> yeah um, no um, um my point of view of it is uh i uh, unlike matt or yourself i really didn't grow up talking about food at all really uh i have somewhat of a latino background uh mixed race but i didn't grow up with my dad i grew up with my mom and she's an orphan and she didn't really learn food from anyone. So like food was just a means to an end because we were hungry and that was fine. And we just kind of got through it. But I do think I learned it because uh, way back in the day, uh, a girlfriend of mine right out of high school had said, you're really gregarious and like to talk. You should be a waiter. You'll make a lot of good money. And so I did. And I worked at a really great restaurant. And from there, I really started to, I listened to the chef and they talked about the importance of food and really talked about like why this matters. And then I kind of, as time went on and got really indoctrinated into wine and the culture and understanding flavor, I realized I have a pretty good palate. And because I have a good palate, it kind of ruined me for crap food. And so I have to enjoy, I, I, I am now on a quest to eat and drink some of the best things. And so it has become a passion of mine, but it was a learned passion. And, uh, you know, Matt was there in the beginning along the way when I was, when all that stuff was new to me and, and we have just kind of grown together as, uh, fellow um, foodies, I guess it's a silly word, but um, but we love food and we love drink and we love to talk about it because everybody does it a bunch of times a day. And why not do it the best you can? 
Absolutely. Everybody does it. When I when I was a teenager, my first job was in a grocery store. My second job was in a record store. And boy, the difference in clientele. And my thought was everybody eats like everybody eats. And so the grocery store is just the whole world. Um, and it's true. Yeah. Everybody loves food. I mean, not everybody loves food. Let me just say that some people I've heard them say they wish they had a door in their stomach. They could just open up and put an apple inside and close the door. Yeah. Again. Um, but if you, if you want, if you <laughs> run, out they're of not time, listening to this at all. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> no, there's another podcast for those folks. I'm not sure what it's called. Um, but y'all I'm looking forward to meeting you in person when you come out here for this festival. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm, uh, excited for the festival itself. I think it's going to be a great one. I love the time of year you're doing it, doing it. And I love the theme and location. So thank you for planning this uh, event for us here in Asheville. We'll try to get as many folks out there as we can. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. I really appreciate you both. And the door is open both ways, man. We would love to have you on our show soon. So we'll have to work that out, coordinate that. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Dude. Thank, thank you so much uh, for having us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you out there as well. And for any of your listeners, friends, whatever, if they have any questions about the event, they can always just DM us on Instagram, NCFB pod. Wonderful. Thank you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Tim. Thank you. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt and Max, and I hope that you're able to come out to the Bratz, the Bubbles and Bratz event on October 28th. That's a Saturday, and that's way out there in Candler. Look it up online, get your tickets, and come on by. And now I want to talk about a trip that I took. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show that I was out of town for a week and that's why there was a couple of repeat episodes if you listen on the radio uh i always just do a rebroadcast of an old episode whenever i'm not around or too busy sometimes i'm in town but i just can't do a podcast that week anyways none of that matters i took a trip up to sault st marie michigan where i have family dawn's uh my wife dawn is from sault st marie michigan and we still have family up there and every once in a while, some of them get married or turn a certain uh, milestone age, and we go up there to celebrate with them. And that's what happened a couple weeks ago. We went up there, and we attended a wedding. And it was great, and I love Sault Ste. Marie, and I encourage you all to go visit Sault Ste. Marie if you have a chance. The weather is uh, colder than it will be in Asheville about this time of year, they're about two weeks in front of us in terms of how cold it will be in two weeks. That's how cold it is up there. I love cold weather, so I really like going up there for that reason, as well as to see family and to eat. I love to eat everywhere I go, of course, and I always look forward to going up to Sault Ste. Marie to eat. For one thing, Dawn's family, especially her brother and sister-in-law, but really her whole family, are great cooks, just amazing home cooks. And they used to run a restaurant up there called Angio's and multi-generational Italian restaurant. And so they make great food. So I always look forward to eating their food, but I also look forward to the restaurants. And so I want to give you some tips on where to eat when you're in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, or if you're living up by there, here are some of my thoughts about your local restaurants. 
Um, well, this one's not a restaurant. It was a pop-up. And these people are doing pop-ups every day of the week right in downtown uh, in order to raise money to get a food truck. And the pop-up is called Mama's Fixing Something. And they have a small menu of fry bread and tacos and such. And I got what they call a walking taco. And I didn't really know what to expect because I can walk with any kind of taco. That's not going to impede me. And But what a walking taco is, and some people will recognize this as a Frito pie, is a small bag of Frito, potato, Frito corn chips torn open at the top and then crunched up a little bit. And then the ground beef, the lettuce, tomato, sour cream, and all of that is put in the bag and you get it with a fork and you walk around eating this taco out of a Fritos bag. And that's something I had never done before. Apparently it's kind of a popular thing in different parts of the country. And uh, I enjoyed it very much. The flavors were, were great and the experience was great. And I wish mama and her family a lot of luck on their food truck. I think they're going to make it because I saw them actually, I arrived in Sault Ste. Marie coincidentally, on the very first day that Mama set up. I found this out later. And I saw more and more people showing up for the pop-up over the course of the week that I was there. So good luck to Mama. I have a feeling there's going to be a food truck soon in Sault Ste. Marie called Mama's Fixing Something. Now, uh, I noticed the pop-up while I was hanging out at my favorite cafe. I love to go to a place called Bird's Eye Outfitters. And it is a cafe inside of like an outdoor outfitting shop, like mostly bicycles, it looks like. And it's just got this bohemian feel to it, a big long bar that you order your drinks from. And I go there every time and I, I really enjoy the coffee and the atmosphere. And it was when I was sitting outside of Bird's Eye that I noticed Mama's fixing something pop up. And so I'm glad that I sat outside that day. And um, I just want to give a shout out to Bird's Eye, go get some coffee. And of course, I drank coffee at a bunch of places. Whenever I travel, I try to hit up as many different places as possible, including different cafes. And I went to a place called Superior Coffee Roasting, and they roast their own coffee. And um, I had a fancy drink there. I had one called, the uh, what was it called? The Campfire Flannel, I believe, Camp fire flannel, very Michigan name there. And uh, it had caramel syrup and it was sweet and it was real tasty. It was great. I enjoyed it a lot. It was a little sweet for me, I, I, but I knew that going in. I Sometimes I get a sweetened coffee and then I'm like, ooh, that is sweet. Um, but yeah, I did it to myself. Uh, and then I, I popped into a place called Cup of the Day just because it's called Cup of the Day. I wanted to get a cup of coffee and I did. And the coffee was $1. That's I just want to mention that the coffee was one dollar. And I said to the woman behind the counter, what year is this man? A dollar for a cup of coffee? Is it 1973 or something? And she said, yeah, the owner just doesn't want to charge more than a dollar for the coffee. So pop in the cup of the day and get yourself a dollar coffee. And then out the, all of those uh, cafes, Bird's Eye Superior and Cup of the Day are right downtown in the small downtown Sioux St. Marie area. But outside of, of downtown, we went to a place called Dancing Crane Coffee House, and I got some ice cream and a cappuccino, and it was great. And Dancing Crane is run by Native American folks, and so there's some there's a little shop with some info and stuff, other stuff, like food items that they make. And 
little crafts and gifts and stuff like that and a really cute spot and really great ice cream and a wonderful cappuccino. So stop into Dancing Crane to get a cup of coffee and a scoop of ice cream. And then let's go back downtown and I'll just talk about two restaurants that I ate either at or from. The first one I ate at is called Frank's Place, and I want to recommend it very highly. Super old school diner style restaurant. I was just feeling a little bit hungry, but I knew there was some food in my future, so I didn't want to overeat. And so I popped into Frank's. I kind of just wandered in there and sat down, and I didn't even know what I was going to order. And then I just ordered a smash burger. And the dude was like, do you want French fries or anything with that? I said, no, nope, just a smash burger. He was like, you want lettuce, tomato, onion? I said, nope, I just want American cheese and that's it. And so that's what I got. It was just a bun, a patty, and American cheese. And I added a little ketchup. And Frank, if you're still around, I know that Frank's Place has been around a long time. And and But any the people of Frank's Place, that was a great smash burger. I loved it. It hit the spot. It was just soft and delicious. And I and so thank you, Frank's Place, for providing me with the perfect size bite to fill the hole in my stomach at the moment. And then finally, I just want to mention the Lock View restaurant. And the locks, the the Sioux locks are the Sioux is famous for the locks, which is like a chamber that goes up and down. I don't know. I, I feel like I just described these locks to somebody recently. Uh, did I did I already do this segment? What's going on? Uh, I ate at the lock view and we got whitefish. And you cannot, you absolutely cannot go to uh, Sault Ste. Marie without going, without eating some whitefish. And so we got a whole bunch for the whole family. It was like 20 boxes of food and we brought it all home and everybody chowed down. It was pretty funny because I laid out all the food in the boxes to take pictures of and I was just taking pictures of the food and uh, my family starts like getting in the picture and posing with the food and making all these ridiculous poses and stuff and so I have pictures of the of my family posing with whitefish which I think is just perfect for people from Michigan. Anyway, I hope I didn't already do this segment. I don't think I did, but if I did, I apologize. I do smoke a little bit of weed every once in a while. Don't tell anybody. Um, so, yeah, go to Sault Ste. Marie if you have a chance. It's a really lovely little town. I feel like it's up and coming. There's some empty spaces there. Oh, I just remembered where I talked about the locks. Check me out on TikTok, y'all. I posted six videos about the Tower of History in Sault Ste. Marie. And the Tower of History is this giant, brutalist tower, as the name would imply, right in the middle of this very small town. And it's the tallest uh, tower in northern Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is also called Bawating in the Native American language. And so in my TikTok videos, I refer to it as Bawating. And as well as Sault Ste. Marie, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I, I use a lot of names for a lot of places these days. And uh, yeah, so check out my TikTok videos about the Tower of History. It's wild. I climb to the top and that's about all you do at the tower. You climb to the top. Anyways, check out Sault Ste. Marie. Go to the Tower of History. Go to check out Mama's Food Truck, which I'm sure will be rocking soon. Get coffee at Bird's Eye, Superior, Cup of the Day, Dancing Crane outside of downtown uh, try that smash burger and the other dining diner style delights at Frank's place. And be sure to look at the locks 
at the famous locks and also go to the lock view restaurant to get some white fish. All right, folks. So that was my trip to Michigan. I like to report where I travel. I hope the locals here in Asheville don't mind. And I hope that the, anybody listening in Sault Ste. Marie enjoys my reviews. All right. I'll check back in with you to say goodbye in just a moment. All right, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Food Fans Radio Show podcast. And uh, before I let you go, I just want to talk about a couple of restaurants back here in Asheville that I ate at upon returning from my trip to Michigan. And in fact, the very first thing that we did when we landed here in Asheville was go to a restaurant. We went to Wild Ginger Noodle Bar uh, out there on Hendersonville Road. And we got some pho. It is a pho restaurant with banh mi and other noodle and rice entrees, a Vietnamese restaurant, and very popular with the people of Asheville, as you can see right when you walk in the door. They have a bunch of their accolades on display. They've done a little bit of redecorating since the last time I went in. And we sat down. We had an awesome meal of pho and banh mi, and it was the perfect welcome home to Asheville. It was very fresh and tasted very healthy and stuff. So uh, that was great at the end of a long day of travel. And then I also just want to mention that I have gone to Bene on Eagle twice in the last two or three weeks, and I want to recommend it very highly to everybody. I know that Asheville knows that Bene went through a lot of changes. John Fleer is no longer there. Chef John Fleer from Rhubarb was one of the original sort of people who branded it and he's not there anymore. And of course, Ashley Shante isn't there and hasn't been for a long time. And they've gone through several chefs and they now have a chef named chef Jarrell and he's awesome. And the food there is great. And so go in and the people who work there are great. And I went there just last night, as a matter of fact, with Patty. And we we got something called the Banana Blossom. And I really want to encourage everybody in Asheville to get this thing called the Banana Blossom. At the bottom of every bunch of bananas is a flower. And you can cook. The flower is actually kind of meaty. And you can cook that thing. And it has a wild texture, almost like a almost like a giant mushroom or something. And this was a vegetarian dish. It was, it was deep fried and super delicious, and I recommend it very much. So get on into Wild Ginger Noodle Bar on Hendersonville Road and Bene on Eagle, right on Eagle Street in downtown Asheville. Those are my recommendations. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to my two guests for being on the show today. Thank you to WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville broadcasting to the world. And uh, if you're out there on social media, look for me as Stu Helm Food Fan on Facebook, Instagram, Substack, and TikTok. And uh, if you eat something good, let me know about it. All right, folks, have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.